We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab. It's the world's only lab dedicated exclusively to the study of all things awesome. Every episode, we'll explore a different subject and figure out what makes it great. So goggles on, awesomeologists. This might get messy. But we're about to discover something something awesome. Welcome to Rainbow Puppy Science Lab. I'm Atticus. And I'm Kyle. Today, we're shining a light on everyone's favorite bright and shiny art materials. We're looking at glitter and fluorescent colors. Let's get things started with the most eye-popping game ever played in an audio format. It's time for Fact or Fake. Last week, we shared two bits of trivia. Your challenge was to figure out which is an absolutely amazing fact and which is just too good to be true. First up, Dayglow colors are magic. The ultra-bright fluorescent colors we know today as Dayglow colors got their start as part of an award-winning magic act using fluorescent colors and a black light to make it look like a dancer's head was separated from her body. Or glitter was a military tool. During World War I, the U.S. military covered ships in glitter so they would reflect the sunlight, becoming blindingly bright when enemies looked at them through a scope. It was a technique they called glamouflage. If you need a moment to think about it, that's okay. Which seems too good to be true? Pause the show if you need to. We'll be right here when you get back. Now, the moment of truth has arrived. Drum roll, please. Uh, Dad, that sounds like spray paint. It's fine. We'll paint the town with the sweet sound of the truth. As a matter of fact, the true story was about day glow colors and magic. Bob and Joe Switzer were brothers who developed what we now know as day glow colors. Bob was a pre-med student, and Joe was a magician. One day, Bob got hurt at work, and the doctors told him to stay in a dark environment during his recovery. Bob spent months in the family's dark basement. To pass the time, he did some chemistry experiments with fluorescence, and he developed some fluorescent colors his brother Joe found useful for his magic act. They developed their own company, making eye-catching colors for advertisements. But people quickly realized these bright colors would also be useful for safety. If you guessed the military used glamouflage, you weren't too far off. Well, glamouflage isn't a thing, in World War I, they did experiment with something called dazzle camouflage. It didn't use glitter, though. They painted lines and shapes going through different directions to 
to create optical illusions that made it harder to tell which way a ship was pointed. The technique became less effective as radar came around. Interestingly, they did consider using glitter bombs to interfere with radar technology, but they didn't appear to have actually tried that. Now, on with the show. First off, what even is glitter? Modern glitter is basically tiny bits of plastic and aluminum. It can be in various sizes, but basically it is really thin sheets of plastic coated with aluminum to make it more reflective so when the light hits it, it will shine. But who invented it and why? Well, I guess we probably already know why. I mean, everyone loves shiny things, so maybe how did they create glitter? That's actually harder to pinpoint than you might think. People have been using different materials to make things bright and shiny pretty much as long as people have been making art. Flecks of red, black, and white mica, a shiny type of rock used for shiny, sort of glittery pigments, has been found in cave paintings tens of thousands of years old. That same rock is actually still used today to make some shimmering pigments. While people have always liked things that are bright, colorful, and shiny, the word glitter started to be used in the 14th century. It's based on the Norse word, glitra. Now, you said modern glitter tends to be made from plastic and aluminum. That came about somewhat by accident. In the 1930s, a man named Henry Rushman began a business developing and printing film from Kodak Brownie cameras. Rushman created and patented a high-speed cutting machine to cut apart glossy photo prints. Um, Dad, this is supposed to be a mini-episode. Can we uh, cut this down a bit? Get it? Like how we used a cutting machine? Seriously, though. How did the photo-cutting guy invent glitter? Well, occasionally the machine would malfunction. They described it as the machine stuttering. As a result of this repeated cutting, tiny little bits of glossy cellulose and paper would be left on the shop floor. They called the stuff schnibbles. Some of the workers there got the idea to take home those little schnibbles to use as snow in their Christmas decorations. Well, Roshman was a highly skilled machinist who also had machines to cut mica, that shiny rock I talked about earlier, and he had machines for cutting sequins. He developed a machine to cut those metallic scrap materials left from sequin production into one millimeter square schnibbles. Initially, he used scrap material, film acetate and stuff like that. Eventually, it would evolve into sheets of metalized plastic, just as the name evolved from schnibbles to metallic jewels and now glitter. Of course, the use of these tiny bits of plastic or microplastics does create environmental concerns. And some companies like BioGlitter are working on the next evolution, making glitter that is sparkly and beautiful, but also environmentally friendly. 
Now for a fun at-home experiment. Did you know some people make their own environmentally friendly glitter using salt and food coloring? If you want to try making your own glitter at home, ask a grown-up to head over to RainbowPuppyScienceLab.com where we have instructions for some DIY salt glitter. Okay, so you can try making colored glitter, but for a bright and shiny show, I think we need to cover some other colors. Can we talk about neon colors? What makes them so bright? Why aren't they on the color wheel? How do you make neon colors? (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there. First off, let's think about what color is. Everything we see is basically just light. Remember, in our rainbow episode, we said colors are just different wavelengths of light. When I look at you with your red hat on, white light is coming down from the ceiling light. That light hits your hat, and most of the light is sort of absorbed, but the red waves bounce off the hat and into my eyes. Inside my eyes, there are tiny cones that are sensitive to different wavelengths of light. The red cones detect those red wavelengths of light, and my brain understands that your hat is red. Okay, but what makes neon colors brighter? Well, color is different waves of light, and some waves are moving faster than others, meaning they have more energy. Red is the lowest energy we see in the rainbow, and violet would be the highest energy. But that's just the light waves that the cones in our eyes can detect. There are even higher energy light waves called ultraviolet. We don't see them, but they're out there. And if you've ever spent too long in the sun without sunscreen, you've felt them. Ultraviolet light, or UV radiation, is what causes sunburns. That's why sunscreen and sunglasses will say UV protection on them. Anyways, Fluorescent and dayglow colors reflect not only the light waves in the visible spectrum or the rainbow, the colors we see, but they also emit the energy of ultraviolet light. Since the UV light is higher energy, those fluorescent colors can reflect up to two or three times as much energy as the regular colors, and that's why they look brighter than your average color. First, those ultra-bright colors were used for eye-catching tricks and advertisements. But pretty quickly, someone had the bright idea to use stay-glow colors on vests, helmets, and other equipment for better visibility and safety. That's right. Now, let's see, is there anything else you're wondering about? Yeah, what are we going to learn about next week? Sounds to me like it's time for our next installment of Fact or Fake. We'll share two interesting bits of trivia. One is an absolutely amazing fact, and one is just incredible. Meaning, it's not credible, because we made it up. Here's your first story. Video games like Pong, Super Mario Brothers, and Pac-Man are not just for kids. They're fine art. Museums, including the Smithsonian American Art Museum and the Museum of Modern Art in New York, have exhibited video games as art. 
or an entomologist. That's a scientist who studies insects, created Pokemon as an educational tool to teach kids about taxonomy or naming systems as well as scientific concepts like evolution. So there you have it. Two cool bits of trivia. One of them is an absolutely amazing, totally true fact, but one of them. So there you have it. Tune in next week to find out which is the absolutely amazing and totally true fact and which is totally fake. Thanks for listening to our show. Rainbow Puppy Science Lab is an airwave media podcast. It was written, produced, mixed, and edited by us, Atticus and Kyle. Background music and sound effects came courtesy of Pixabay. Today, we covered something that we love and wanted to learn more about, but what are you curious about? Ask your grown-up to head over to RainbowPuppyScienceLab.com to find some fun experiments and activities you can try. While you're there, tell us what you like and what you're curious about. You might just hear it in a future episode.